is cool. I used to wear this, and people always made fun of me for it. But then, we get to Matthew 13, and I'm like, I can wear it as a sermon illustration. We'll get to this in a moment. Jesus was a storyteller. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the four writers who wrote about the life and teaching of Jesus, you see, Jesus often would talk to people and he'd use stories because he knew that stories captivate people. Like, stories can break through hard hearts. Stories can get past boredom. Stories draw us in. And Jesus was a master storyteller. It's why I, as a speaker, I tell stories too. I learned it from watching Jesus. And the parables of Jesus, for the next month, we're getting some of the biggest parables, some of the parables he told. Today is the parable of the four soils. We're told that the crowds have grown tremendously, so much so, the crowds have, like, he was on a shore, and the crowds have been pushing him further, further towards the water. He had to get on a boat and push off from the land and be in the boat on the water to talk to the masses. There's so many people, he had to push off to see the crowds. And begins the story saying, in the wrong there is, he says, the sower went out to sow. In this world, the sower had a bag almost as cool as this. And in this bag, there were seeds. And he'd take the seeds, and he'd cast them onto the earth. It was a very indiscriminate movement. He'd throw the seed all over the place. He'd walk in his field, and he'd cast the seed, hoping some of the seed would take root and would bear fruit at a later time. Everyone there knew this, okay? We are not a farming people. I am not a farming guy. But this is how they did things back then. So Jesus says, there's a sower who wants to sow. And I was like, okay, I know what sowers are. I know how they do their work. And he describes four different soils. Four different reactions to the seed being sown. Now, they go home after his teaching. The disciples ask Jesus, what are you talking about, man? Seeds and soils. What does all this mean? And Jesus goes, I'm going to explain myself to you. And he does. At the end of 13, we go to verse 10, or verse 18. Jesus says, hear then the parable of the sower. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, stop right there. Jesus in one little sentence describes what the seed, tells what the seed is. The seed he's casting, the seed he grabs and tosses out, that's the truth of the kingdom. The seed being sown is the very teachings of Jesus. And we understand exactly and immediately what Jesus is doing. The parable Christ tells is very simple to understand, okay? Jesus is like, I'm in this boat, I'm off the shore, I'm talking to this crowd. Jesus is the sower. He's the sower, and he's giving his truth to the crowd. And the point of this parable, the point of this story is so... I've heard a lot of sermons on this parable. And when it comes to stories, Jesus, a lot of us as Christians, we love chasing 
the side elements, the side quests. But there's a heart to the story, and the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. This is often called the parable of the sower. That's not what this should be called. It's the parable of the soils. The soils are the point. Jesus looks at the people and says, listen, I'm the sower. I'm giving you God's truth. So here's the one question I have for you, crowd. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to me? I'm here. I'm giving you the mysteries of God's kingdom. What are you going to do with it? The seed's going to fall upon your life. What will you do with it? It's the same question we have to ask today. Sitting here, the question for us today is very simple. Who are we in this story, in this parable? Today we're playing Where's Waldo? Remember this? Back from the 1990s? A dude in a red striped t-shirt or turtleneck? And he did this crazy photo. You got to look and find the Waldo. Today you must find yourself in this story. Who are you? Don't think about your, your, your siblings or your kids or your neighbor. Who are you in this story? Christ is saying to the crowd, I am the, Christ the sower. He's giving us the mystery. Who are we? How will we respond to the truth of Christ? Four soils, four questions. That's simple. The first question is this. Are you the hard soil? The first soil Christ describes, Christ says, the sower sows the seed and some falls upon the road. The road is not paved. It's walked upon. It's, you know how you have a trail in the woods and people have walked it so much, the grass all dies, right? Gets pushed down, packed down. Some seed falls on the trail, on the path. And it says that the seed just bounces off and birds come and eat it. And Christ says, you know what that means? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Some of us in this room are the hard soil. Maybe we came here with a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, or a wife. We're invited by someone, so we come to this place, but we sit here with a hard heart. We sit here, and whenever God begins to speak, we're resistant to it. Our guard is up. I don't want to hear this. I don't need it. I don't want it. And the word bounces off you. It does not get in. Maybe... Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe you're mad at God. For some reason, you've hardened your heart and ain't nothing getting through. The truth of God comes at you and you're wearing a bulletproof vest that bounces right off you and falls to the ground. The bird snatches it away. The enemy snatches it away and you're left in your bitterness, you're left in your hardness and the word and the truth of God does not get in. That's some of us in this room. If you're here and you have a hard heart, what must you do? In Hebrews, we're told, very, very, we're told by the author, do not harden your heart this day. If you have a hard heart, you have to pray for breakthrough. You say, Lord, please soften me up. 
Lord, help me forgive. Lord, help me hear you and believe in you. Your prayer can start that simply. Lord, what did Peter say once? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Your prayer can be that broken in half. I want to believe, but something in me is stopping me. Soften my heart so your word gets through. Please. You don't want to be the hard soil. Untouched by God's hand or God's spirit. Some people in that crowd were left untouched by God's words. There are people who left that day and went home, and it was a fun moment, and it did nothing to their lives, and they were left, they were left alone in their darkness. Are you the hard heart, the hard soil? The next soil, are you the rootless soil? The next story Christ says, he, he casts the seed out, and it falls among stones. And this plant starts growing. But there's like, there's like some stone, a little bit of earth, then more stone. So there's the, the, the plant cannot put roots out. So when the sun comes out and begins to put heat upon this little plant, it has no ability to gain nutrients for itself. And so it just withers and dies. What does that mean? Christ explains it to us. He says, and the one on whom seed was sown in the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root in himself. It is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. The rootless soil, the plant pops up fast. Some people hear God's word and they react with joy. I believe God is real. I want to follow him. But they have no root in themselves. And so they, they come, they, they come forward and pray on a Sunday, talk a big game, they go out on Monday and they're pushed over so easy. It's always starting, never finishing. The rootless soil wants to follow God. There is, there's good intention in the rootless soil. There's good intention. I, I want to follow. I do believe. But I have no root, so I cannot stand. When I was a younger man, I was the rootless soil. When I first met Jesus, I was 14 years old, and I'd go to church. I'd come down the altar some Sundays, and I'd pray, and I'd cry. I'd talk a big game. My heart, listen, I wanted to follow. My heart wanted to do right. But I go back to my home and back to my school. And that old life, it just, it's like, I just didn't know how, so I just was like, and I just, just leave it so fast. On Sunday was one talk, on Monday was a different, I just, I'd abandon it. I just abandoned it. Until a few months later, six months later, I hear a great sermon, I'd come forward crying again, and I'd rededicate again. I was in this cycle for years of never growing, just starting and stopping, you know what I'm saying? Like someone going from fad diet to fad diet, you know what I'm saying? Never losing weight, always looking at big game, life never changes. I see the rootless soil a lot going to the jails. I go to the kind of jail often. I met a guy in the jail once. God got a hold of his heart. He's praying. 
he's confessing God. Talk, you talk about what's going to happen. I'm going to get out of jail. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to make some Christian friends. He's out of jail. I go see him probably every other week. I go see him twice a month. Other people would sit with him and pray with him and talk to him. He got out of jail. You know what he did? He had no root in himself. Went right back to the old habits, the old crew. And before he knew it, he was back in jail. There was no root. When life hit him, he just fell over. If you're here in the rootless soil, you have the good intention, but no follow-through. What do you need to do? You need to get some roots. How do you get roots? Roots take time, don't they? Roots got to grow down and get strong. We were back here, some of the fellas, and we dug up a bunch of trees like three weeks ago. If you were here for that, thank you. It was awesome. But we had these tree trunks left over, right? You want to dig them up. It was a war. You're digging out around there. There are all these big old thick, stinking roots going all over. That tree's like, I ain't going nowhere. These roots hold me against your tractor, against your sawzall, against your big axe. I ain't going nowhere. If you have roots, that's you. Strong, embedded. How do you get roots? Roots take time and take habit. You need to be in a Christian community. You need to make Christian friends who know you and love you. You need to be in the Word in a consistent way. You need to be under the Word consistently. You don't got to come to Flint City, but you got to find a people to belong to and come and sit under the Word and let the Word hit you because the Word of God will slap you around, man. It's a good thing. The Word of God will confront you and grab you and shake you, and we need that, don't we? <laughs> I was watching uh, Inside the NBA with uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley. And uh, they were talking about a current NBA player who let his weight get out of control. And for a professional athlete, your body is your money. You've got to take care of that thing. And Barkley tells this story. I, I couldn't believe the story. Barkley said that when he was playing for the Suns, he'd gotten a little heavy, he was, and, and he was not playing as well. I think it was Moses Malone came up to him one day and slapped him in the face and said, Barkley, you're lazy. You don't work hard. And the whole team's suffering. And the, the, the guys with them go, what'd you do? He goes, started crying. <laughs> like, you started crying? He goes, well, I couldn't beat the guy up, so I started crying. But he said, I, well, he was grateful that this, this guy, this older man, came to him and said, what you're doing is not going to work. The word of God will grab you and say, you're going the wrong way. You got to get some roots. Find a church family. Be in the word. Spend time with the Lord. And over time, you begin to develop roots. We can't do it alone. We cannot. We cannot. Then there's the third soil. And this one, I think, is most of us. This is the unfruitful soil. Are you the unfruitful soil? The sower sows seed, and Christ says, some of that seed falls on a thorny ground, and the plant begins to grow, but there's weeds all around it, and the weeds choke the plant so it can't bear fruit. Christ explains what it means in verse 20 
two. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So you sow some strawberries, and the vine starts growing. Vine, right? Strawberries? Oh, okay. Whatever strawberries come from. Plant, flower, plant. I don't grow things. So, <laughs> so you're still, you plant some strawberries, and you're pumped. You're like, man, I want to have some fresh strawberries to eat with some whipped cream. It's going to be good. Healthy and unhealthy together, that's a meal. And you, you, you put it on soil, and there's a lot, and it starts growing. You see the, the plant start, and you're pumped. It's happening. It's coming out of the ground. I see a little red little nugget. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But you, the weeds grow up and start, just start wrapping around the strawberry plants, and all of a sudden, the strawberries don't come. The fruit is not born. Christ said, some of us, we love Jesus. We know him, we've heard, he, he gave us the word, we heard the word, we started growing. But we love the world more. And there's things in our life, there are sins, there are habits, there's bitterness, there's anger, there's issues we don't even touch, we leave them alone like, Lord, you can have this piece, but this stuff is mine, you know. You can't touch this stuff. And this stuff we hold back, it chokes us out. It limits the impact, the influence we're supposed to have in the world. It stops us. Christ says earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Christ says, no one lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. Because back in that world, there's electricity, no electricity. So candles, fire, was how you lit up the darkness. He said, if you light a candle, the purpose of the candle is you put it on a candlestick, it gives light to all in the house. So you don't, you don't light up a candle and then put it underneath a hat. There's an old song about this, right? Put it under a bushel? No! I'm going to let it shine. Someone knows the song. It's an old Baptist song, I think. I don't know. But Christ says, Christ said the purpose of light is to shine. Now you can, for who knows what reason, you're a, you can crazy decide this light God put in you, I'm going to hide it. You can do that, but why would you? And many of us, we live our lives this way. Part of us loves Jesus, but part of us, we love our sin. And not just the bad things we do, but the good things we refuse to do. I'm not going to get to know my neighbor. I'm not going to forgive my family. I am not going to do these things because I don't want to. That's what we do, it's what we don't do. And we refuse to obey in certain areas. We hold parts of our life and say, Lord, I ain't giving this to you. I remember one day I went to church. It was me, Angie, the kids, my brother. We went to the rock down at Fenton. I had been um, released from a church I served at. I was bitter about it. I was hurt. I was real hurt. And I was angry and I wouldn't let it go. Months had passed and that anger 
the hurt I felt, the hurt became bitterness. Because that's what happened. Hurt undealt with. It, it just gets deeper and deeper in there. The Bible calls it a root of bitterness. And I try to pray to God, and God would be like, forgive, Lord, I pray for India. Like, I, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just like, not that, everything else. I go to church one day, sit there, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm here. And the preacher preaches on a single verse that day. A single verse. The love keeps no record of wrong. I remember sitting there, I cross my arms, and I'm like, this is not happening. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I was, I was I'm not mad at the preacher, I was mad at the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you stinking bamboozled me. You stinking set up an ambush for me. I'm a, I love you. I'm so, I, I do what you want about most of the stuff. Just let me have this. Let me hate this person. And he, that preacher preached, and I was the hard-hearted man. And the word was like, bink, bink. I'm just sitting there, arms crossed. We leave church, and Tony, my brother, is laughing. We're walking out to his leg. He said to me, he goes, I can feel the heat coming off you, brother. <laughs> but listen, a lot of us, we know Jesus, we love Jesus, but there's things in our life we're unwilling to let go, and they hold us back. If you're the unfruitful soil, you got to lay some things down, man. You got to weed the garden. You got to weed the garden. Like, that's what, that's what you got to do. We try to grow things in my house a few times, try to grow uh, plants, and they never grow because I never weed the garden. I've put in jalapenos, I've put in reapers, I've put in a lot of hot foods. A lot of peppers I've put in, and they never make it. I just, I'm just, I plant them and go, you're planted, you'll be fine. And they're not fine, because the weeds come, and, I, and the weeds always destroy the, the good intention I had. you got to weed the garden of your soul. The weeds grow, and they choke you out. Are you the unfruitful soil? And lastly, are you the good soil? Jesus said the sower sows seed, and some seed lands in earth, and the plant grows. The strawberry plant grows, and from the stinking plant comes a bunch of strawberries. And they, I don't know why strawberries is the theme of the day. It's just what it is. I like strawberries. So they grow up, and all of a sudden you have strawberries. You say, man, and the strawberries feed people, not just today, but for seasons of life. Every day they come back and give us more and more to enjoy. It bears fruit. The good soil bears fruit. Now, what is fruit? What does a fruitful life look for? Look, look like? A fruitful life bears fruit. A fruitful life, it gives the love of Jesus to people, and it gives the truth of Jesus to people. Both things, not one or the other. You give the love of Christ to people, to neighbors, friends, family, to those who do not des deserve it. Fruit also means you speak the word of Christ. One of, our one of our values, we speak Jesus. We don't hide who we are or who we belong to. We have this um, pantry every month. We don't make nobody sit in a sermon to get food at the pantry. People drive in, we give them food, and we say, God bless you, go on your way. That is us loving someone in the name of Jesus. Here's a touch of love for you. But if someone asks, why do you guys do this? 
Why are you out in 10 degree cold? The answer is, Jesus loved me, so I love you. That's why we do it. We do it because we have been recipients of the grace of God, and we want to give that goodness to as many people as we can. We give the love of Christ away. Give it away. And we also speak his name. We can't be afraid. And I think in the world we live in now, just so you know, I think we've got we to live it before we speak it. Christianity has lost a lot of trust in our, in our culture. You gotta, you gotta live, you gotta walk the walk before you talk the talk. Correct. You gotta earn the right to be heard. Exactly. So people, people know you're not crazy, you're not some Yahoo, you live what you speak. Now, you don't got to be a paid person to bear fruit, you don't gotta be a preacher or a missionary. I read about a guy this week for college. It was uh, reading about this strike. It was the American Steel and Iron Workers had a big strike, like in 1957. And there's this big old, like, so it's, it's a management versus workers, right? Rawr, everyone's striking. Managers like, go back to work, and everyone's fighting. And it's, it was bad back then, a lot, working a lot of hours, not a lot of benefits. So this one guy in management, he decides... We're going nowhere. I want to bridge the gap and make peace. So he asked the management, can I be the negotiator? So go ahead and try. It's going nowhere. See what you can do. So this guy, this, this management person, he decides to take off his tie, his suit. And in this, in this factory, literally, the management wore one color hard hats. Workers wore another. Like, I'm awesome. You're not. He took his management hat off and wore a worker hat, and he went and started working on the line with the guys. He wanted to know what they were going through. And he experienced the heat and the long hours and the brutality. He realized, we are running these guys ragged. They have some valid points. And he begins to negotiate and really start helping management realize, if we give these guys a little bit, they'll work hard for us. So he bridges the gap, and the strike ends, and after this moment, production increases by 80%. Because a happy worker is a hard worker, a good worker. He fights for time off. He fights for overtime. It was, and as he's doing this for the workers, some workers ask him, we see in your life a man of principle. Where does it come from? He goes, well, I'm a, a follower of Jesus. They say to him, well, tell us about this Jesus. He goes, I can't. I don't want to mix up Jesus and business. They say, just t- we want to hear. So in the factory, under a big old cauldron of molten iron, it's a Bible study during lunch with some of the workers. There's six guys, six guys and him started a Bible study. He's, a, he's, a, he's an iron worker, okay? He's not a pastor, a preacher. He's a normal dude. Bible study of six, turns into 60, turns into 600. There's a revival in that factory. A normal person who saw an injustice being done, stood in the gap, and God used that faithfulness to bear much fruit. Wherever, listen, we need, when you 
receive the seed, you'll become a sower. When you bear fruit, you're all of a sudden, as you are becoming fruitful, more seeds fall from you as you walk around the world. Listen, we need people bear, sowing seeds. If you're a librarian, if you're a cop, if you're a trucker, if you're in a restaurant, wherever God has put you, you can bear fruit there. You don't got to be a preacher or a paid minister to do God's work. You don't have to. Christ tells a story to the crowds, and everyone realizes very quickly, our hope, our desire should be the good, we want to be the good soil. But where are we? Honestly, am I the rootless? Am I the hard soil? Am I the rootless soil who always starts and falls? Am I the unfruitful soil? I love the Lord, but there's so much weeds around my life. It chokes up my ability to love and to care and to do. I think most of us, if we were honest, you're, you're, you are doing great if you live between the third and the fourth soil. The weeds grow. Ah, oh, pick the weeds. I'm good soil. Oh, the weeds came back. That's life. But listen, I encourage you to never stop fighting. Fighting, fighting your addiction, fighting your sinful predilections, fighting. Every one of us has different things we battle with. The moment you stop battling, it is going to grab you and own you. You got it. Listen, even if you fall sometimes, you can't be okay with the falling. I keep on fighting. I keep on pushing. I want to be the good soil. As we end this day, I'm going to ask uh, Tony if he'd come play guitar for a minute. Sorry, brother. I'm going to have you play guitar. We're, we're, I'll give you a chance to do something. In this parable, Christ tells, who are you? We have, I know it's packed in here, I know. But some of you, God's moving on you. God's leaning on you and you feel it. If you want to come forward and kneel at this stage and just call upon the Lord for a moment, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm going to lead in a quick prayer. And if you want to come and kneel up here, you're more than welcome. Father in heaven, bless those who come now. Bless those, Lord, those you're working on, those you're leaning on. Let us not close our hearts and close our minds to you. Let us open our heart to what you're doing in our lives in this moment. We want to be the good soil, Father. Hear our prayers. God bless you as you come.